Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. When I first heard the gospel, it made sense and I believed it, but it did not come in to change my life. It took about two years. As a 10-year-old boy, uh, I started was hearing the gospel, and I understood it. I really did, and I knew I needed to be saved, but it took about two years for me to come to the point in my life to surrender my life to Christ and give my life to him. It may not have been your response. I remember a man that I preached the gospel to him the very first time. He was a brother of a deacon where I was a pastor, and his brother came to church. He had been raised in California, and his brother lived in northeast Mississippi where the gospel churches were on every corner. And he came to church on Easter Sunday, and I preached. And he came and gave his heart to the Lord, went back to California as a saved believer following Christ. And he said that's the first time I ever heard it at least with my heart. Uh, again, Bert Harper, Nathan Harper with you today. Nathan, it's amazing how people respond to the good news of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. There's um, in any of us that have gotten uh, the had the privilege, had the opportunity. Uh, really, it's a responsibility to share the good news of Jesus with with other people, uh, whether it could be a large crowd, a small crowd, one on one, whatever the case might be. Um, you know, there's going to be there, we don't know the response. You know, it's 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 unknown. It's out of our it's out of our hands when we're sharing the gospel, what the response will be. We can't control that. Uh, and by the way, I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people don't share the gospel is because um, the response is unknown, and there's a fearfulness uh, to that um, where we can't control. What if they don't like me anymore? What if they you know, come against me? Uh, what if they—whatever, right? So we're afraid of, of that. But when we do have that opportunity and privilege, um, there could be any number of responses uh, to that gospel. Here's one thing to keep in mind when we do share the gospel. Um, We want it to be clear enough, understandable, uh, like this brother you were talking about from California. He understood it, like you said, with his heart for the first time. Um, We can't control someone's heart, but we can control how we communicate uh, the best that we can um, and and make it understandable where there can be a response, a heart response. Um, so in one way, that means simply like speak the same language. I mean, and that kind of goes without saying, but, um, you know, the heart language is very important, especially when we talk about cross-cultural mission work. Um, but also giving credence to the culture that that person is from to where they have some concrete examples uh, illustrations and and can picture uh, the the good news as good news. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> um, 
So anyway, that's not what this program's about is 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 how we share the gospel. We've talk we talk about that quite a bit. But today we want to talk about the other end, the part that we can't control, those those folks' response to the gospel. And some of us have experienced those and we've may have gone through the steps of uh, of experience. I I've just heard this week when we're recording this a testimony of a man that was talking with a Christian, working with a Christian minister, and the guy told him, he said, now I'll do this for you, but I'm an atheist. After two years of working with this man, uh, he shared with the minister, he said, I'm no longer an atheist. I've given my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. So he went from that point of rejection and uh, atheism to the point of receiving Christ as Savior. So some of the people, as we go through these responses, they they may even be able to check them off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but our our full desire is for a person to come to be a follower of Christ. Right. And we know you know salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit, God's word uh, being heard, proclaimed, and heard, uh, and responded to. And that response, um, you know, is is that person's response. Uh, but it's a work of the Holy Spirit uh, through the through what Jesus has done. So we're not in control of this, but we can observe it and know uh, before you share the gospel, you can know generally these are some of the responses that you can kind of uh, count on that that you might see. And if you knowing that ahead of time uh, can take the fear out of yeah. it and can you know help you, equip you to be more ready to share the gospel. And that's that, really our goal here. It really is. And you was talking about a, a picture or an illustration I call them word pictures. You gave a word picture of of a stoplight, a signal light, and and showing it about the responses. That really, when you shared that with me earlier, Nathan, I had not heard that, and it helped me to visualize, um, you know, what the responses to right. the gospel. Yeah. So let's get to that first. Let's stop in uh, or or start really in Acts chapter seventeen. And just so you know, we're not just making some of this up. Um, this is You see this in the Bible, um, and we could have picked probably any number of passages, but this is a real plain and simple one. Uh, Acts 17, Paul is preaching to a crowd of people in the city of Athens. Um, and the whole story in, chap- in Acts 17, uh, kind of starting uh, over in verse 16, uh, is really fascinating. But you get to the end of that story— And over in verse 32, this is Paul ending his sermon, and he gets interrupted. And so Acts 17, 32 says this. When they heard about resurrection of the dead, some began to ridicule him. But others said, we will hear you about this again. So Paul went out from there, from their presence. However, some men joined him and believed among whom were Dionysius the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So really you have three different general responses to Paul's preaching of the good news of Jesus here. What, what, what did you see? What are those three general responses? One, they ridiculed him, mocked him, um, was angry even. The, right. the, the idea is they were even angry at this very idea. Others said, well, we've, we wanted to hear more about this. I... It's hard to believe the resurrection, but I want to hear more. But others believed immediately. 
water response. Yeah. But those were three. Yeah, and I believe generally those are the three responses we can anticipate anytime we share the gospel. Um, we don't know if the crowd or the group or the individual that we're sharing the gospel with, how they'll respond, but probably one of those three ways. Um, an easy way to kind of keep those responses in mind is think of a traffic light. Okay, you have red, yellow, and green. And just as you know, we're thinking about that, uh, I remember several years ago, uh, my family, we were driving uh, through town, and we went under a traffic signal, and it turned yellow as I was going under. And you know what I did, right? <laughs> I, I kind of sped up a little bit, right? I mean, most everybody. Now, you're not supposed to do that. Um, and so uh, my daughter, who was really young at the time, said, Daddy, yellow means slow down. <laughs> and I said, well, you're right. It, it's a caution light. And I, I was trying to be cautious, but I got through the intersection. I, tr- I tried to justify, you know, what I was doing. But she caught me on it. But then she went on and said, red is for stop. I think she was about three years old, you know. She said, red is for stop. Yellow is for slow down. Green is for go. And then she added, and purple is when you're riding a unicorn. <laughs> and I have no idea where she got that one. I haven't seen a purple light yet. Yeah. But the red, you can say, is that, um, you know, you can, you can say a person's response is red when, they're, um, when they say no, when they reject the good news. And they don't, they don't accept it as good. They, they don't want to believe. They don't want to follow. Maybe they're even angry like some in this crowd were with Paul. Uh, the yellow could be that group that says, uh, hey, we're not ready to believe, but we, we're kind of interested. We were open-minded. We want to hear some more. So, you know, you can, you can come back and talk more about this later. And then there's the green group, which is the fun, exciting group that we want to we wanna hear because they are the ones who believed and they're ready to follow Jesus. And when you see this, it, it really helped me visualize it. I, I don't know why all these years I hadn't even thought of that and put it in those categories, but that's it. And when we go through the Bible, we see these responses, but in them you see even uh, what you were sharing with me, you can break those down even to more definitive uh, groups of people in their responses, can't you? You sure can. Uh, before we get to that, let me just pause and, and just – you might be listening and say, well, what's the big deal? So what about this? Um, and I'll just kind of tell you how it kind of came about and how we used it on the mission field. Um, and this is something that you could you don't have to be away on any mission field. You could be right here in your own mission field, you know, in your own hometown or workplace or school setting or whatever the case might be. Um, but if you have a small group of believers who are wanting to encourage each other, uh, challenge each other, hold each other accountable for sharing the gospel— you know, we said already we can't control someone's response. That's something that's out of our hands. We cannot, you know, we have no control over their response. But we can control whether we share the gospel or not. You know, I, I can decide I, I want to share the gospel with this person right over here. Um, and so if I am, maybe you could set a goal for yourself or you could just be open to however the Lord leads you and the Holy Spirit might give you opportunities to share. And so when you meet with your little accountability group, you might be saying, hey, look, I got to share the gospel five times this last month or twice in this past week, however you meet and however you want to you know, set your goals. 
And each person is sharing, you know, their gospel opportunities, the sharing opportunities. Um, and that's something to celebrate. That's a good thing. That's something to uh, reach for as a goal. But then you might want to do a, go a little deeper and follow up, and then you say, well, what were the responses? If you shared the gospel five times, what were the responses? And you could say, this is how we would do it. Well, I had three red lights, but I had one yellow light, and praise God, there was a green light. And, I, and so I prayed with so-and-so, our new brother in Christ, and he, he, he gave his life to follow Jesus. And now I am, you know, in a discipling relationship with that with that brother, um, and then they might say, "Well, tell us the name of the person who was the, you know, the yellow light." And I might give them that name, and they say, "Let's pray for that person right now that they'll be open to hear the gospel." Uh, when are you going back to visit with them and share the gospel? You see how we would use right. that. So that's kind of how it can be, you know. It can be an encouragement. It really and, can. And knowing this, it really gives some hope. And so, but like you said, you can break those down. Those general responses down into, uh, you know, more, a little bit more specific. So if you take each of the colors, red, yellow, and green, and specify two different uh, variations of those responses, uh, you get basically six different kinds of people that a, a person that's going out sowing the seed of the gospel that they'll encounter along the way. This really helps because knowing what to expect uh, helps. I Again, going back to high school days playing basketball, now it didn't do it with every team, but we had a real good team. We won. I, I throw this in every opportunity I get. We won our <laughs> division state championship. But when we knew we were playing a team we did not know anything about, uh, we would have someone scout them, and the scouting report would come back, and then we would – uh, have a team from our team representing that team so we could look and practice against them so we would know what to expect. This guy is going to shoot long shots. This guy is going to drive and go to the left every time. Having those understanding that you can expect some responses or how they helps us, and it, it takes a – to me, it takes a little bit of the fear out. Right. I mean, that's what – preparation is what you're yeah. talking about. And preparation does build confidence. Um, that's what that's what training is about. Training is not to build competence. Training is to build confidence. And as you are confident, you'll go out and put it into practice. And that's where competence happens. Uh, while we don't see a lot of people that are, quote, unquote, good at soul winning, if you will, or uh, they don't see a lot of harvest and fruitfulness, they just don't do it enough. The gospel is not shared enough. Um, and, and a lot of times it comes back to not being confident to even start sharing the gospel. I guarantee you once you start sharing the gospel and you start seeing fruit, you don't want to stop. It's the most amazing adventure that, that you'll go on. But here's, here's six different kinds of people with their responses to hearing the gospel. And think of a scale. So you have red on one end, yellow in the middle, green on the other. And so on the red side, you may run into from time to time, a hostile person, okay? Someone that's hostile to you and to your message of the, of the good news of Jesus. This person strongly opposes the gospel and those who represent it. When they discover that you are a follower of Jesus, they will do all they can to cause you trouble or harm and feel that you're doing something or that they are doing something good 
by keeping you from spreading this message. And you hear all the time, a lot of times, um, these are people of another religion. Um, and and yes, secularism, atheism is another religion. It is. But you hear people that are very uh, entrenched and radicalized in that in their religion. They think they're doing God's will, if you will, uh, by stopping a Christian from sharing the gospel, even to the point of, you know, killing them if, if need be. So that's a hostile person. Now, we don't run into that many hostile people in my experience. Uh, it's, it's actually seldom. But it, it can happen. I have a friend that was sharing the gospel in a inner city, and he got chased away by a machete. Imagine running for your life Man. through the city streets with a guy with a machete chasing you. All you did was share the gospel. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, another, the red light group is a lot more uh, friendly person. They're, we call them a non-responsive person. So a non-responsive person allows you to share the gospel, but they really have no reaction, either positive or negative, to what they hear. Uh, And they're willing to continue a relationship with you. You just don't, you know, the, the gospel has no, seemingly, no effect on them. And it's hard to believe because... Your life has been affected so much. You really understand. Let me say this: you understand the hostile more than you do this one. Yeah, you really do. Because okay, they're against it. This person just listening there. Now, in in the book of Acts, we have I think a representative of that hostile person in Acts chapter thirteen, verses four through twelve. This is on now. This is how Paul begins uh, his first missionary journey. They go to Cyprus. The very first place they get to, they meet a guy named Elimus, Elimus or Bar-Jesus. And after they had preached it, it says, Elimus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. There's anger in that. This is when Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of the righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Hostile. Yeah. And, and uh, we don't always call him son of the devil, but they really are influenced by the devil, at least. We know yeah. that. And and. Probably he thought he was justified. I mean, what, he was an entrenched, radicalized religious person, a sorcerer, um, and he was threatened by the gospel. And so, some people, when they were, you know, when they're threatened, they respond with threats of their own. Um, a couple of thoughts, and, and I don't want to get off track with these, but it just kind of came to my to my mind here. Um, and I think one of these I mentioned before is that, you know, one of his names. He, Elias or Elias, one of his names was he was known by as Bar Jesus, which in Hebrew means son of Jesus. So his father's name was Jesus, and then Paul calls him son of the devil, <laughs> like your your real father is the devil. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. It but is. Uh, another th- point is that you know God, when God called Paul and Barnabas. He picked the right two mix of people to form this first missionary team. Um, you know, Barnabas was a good, solid, strong brother who's good for encouraging. But Paul was the right man at this point 
the very I mean you said it already the very first uh, encounter they had that's recorded for us is with this hostile person what's the odds of that first person <laughs> being this angry and wanting wanting to stop you um, and Paul stepped up he didn't turn around and he, go home no he? he bowed up and he he gave it right back <laughs> in the name of Jesus um, and really is it at basically after this point on is Paul is kind of the leader he is um, so you know God used even this hostile person to help continue on this this missionary uh, endeavor. So you're going to have some red lights. You're going to have people that are non-responsive, and even a few times, I've had a few that's been hostile. Right. Uh, not to a machete, but running out of their house, get out of here, don't come back to my room. Yeah. Uh, yes, I've had those. But anyway, those are the red lights. How about the yellow? All right, the yellow lights. And uh, they're, they're harder to figure out what to do, um, but what you want to do is follow up is go back fairly soon and revisit and have another conversation. And if you're not able to send someone to to continue the, the conversation of, you know, sharing the good news with this person. Uh, but they are, two of those are a person of goodwill and a person of influence. Um, so a person of goodwill is friendly and helpful, but there's no real interest in spiritual matters. They might be polite and they allow you to share and pray, and they listen, but it's more out of respect for you than personal curiosity about truth. But the door is still open for you to share the gospel. They're people from the South. Yeah. You, a lot I mean, of times, I don't mean to say that, but it's so much here. There's No, that. it's 100% yes, true. Isn't it? it's, hard to, it's hard to differentiate between someone who is, do they want to hear the gospel? Do they, are they close to following Jesus? Or are they just being friendly, polite, and are they just from a hospitable place where it's culturally they have to appear friendly? Um, man, that happens all the time, all the time. In, in in ministry in the South in the U.S., but also in Muslim ministry. Uh, some of the most friendly people you'll ever meet are Muslim people, and they don't like to tell you no. Um, and so sometimes they'll, you know, they'll go along right along with praying in Jesus' name in their house and welcoming you, and you'll come back and share the gospel and. But they're not close to following Jesus, maybe in their hearts. But you don't know initially, so it's really hard. So that's how you get to that point: is continually go back and keep sharing the gospel. And then another person that we would say a yellow light is a person of influence. This person is powerful and can get things done. They have a high regard for you and what you're doing. Like they have a general like positive outlook on. You're, you're helping the community in some way, so they, they like that. Uh, but they have no personal interest in God themselves, at least initially. Uh, they, they might even protect you and provide you with opportunities to go on sharing the gospel. Uh, and they may stay right there on the fence of being that yellow light. A lot of these people that are yellow lights, um, they might stay a yellow light for a long time, uh, they might quickly move into the red area. They might move into the green area. And so you just keep sharing the gospel as long as God gives you that opportunity. Another biblical example is Paul is on his way to Rome, and, you know, they have a shipwreck, and they're on the island of Malta, and Paul is out gathering wood. He picks up a snake. I guess it was frozen, and when he gets close to the fire, it warms up, and it bites Paul. And every, What's funny about this, they gather around to watch him die. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. that's and he doesn't, and that gets people's attention. And it says this, and it happened, again, Acts 28, this is verse 8, and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. And when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Again, that person of influence. Yes. Uh, many times you break that barrier, and it brings a lot of more fruit to right. the table. And that person— that person of influence may never come to follow Jesus, but through their influence, the gospel can be heard by others who who will in turn come to follow Jesus. Well, let's get to the the green. The green, the, the, their favorite color there. You bet. Um, so one of the green light people are a person, uh, a receptive person, a receptive person. And that's basically what they are. They receive, and they're open to hearing the gospel, and they even believe. In Jesus, they want to follow Jesus. But maybe out of fear, they're not going to share the gospel themselves with their own family or or friends around them. So they personally follow Jesus, but they don't necessarily give the others the chance to follow because of fear that their faith might cost them if those others will find out about it. So they're a green light personally, but it's almost like there's a little bit of a damper put on the spread of the gospel even through this uh, new believer. Um, or they might be an existing believer who's lived in fear for a long time, um, kind of a secret believer, if you will. There are a few of those in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and then you can run into what we would call a person of peace. Okay, You've heard us talk about them quite often here. Uh, a person of peace responds to the gospel and then gives an avenue for their family and friends to hear as well. They often um, have a reputation that they have already built. And it might be a good reputation in the community. It might be a bad, negative uh, reputation. Uh, Zacchaeus is one that had a bad reputation, but he had a reputation. The woman at the well is another example. Um, And so they allow that gospel worker to keep coming back and sharing the gospel. Maybe even a church might start in that home uh, or through their influence, uh, and the gospel gets to spread it's kind of like ground zero for the spread of the gospel in a community is that person of peace. Sticking to the book of Acts, Cornelius chapter 10. Uh, here is this Gentile. Now, Paul already heard about the Samaritans, you know, or Peter had heard about the Samaritans. But could God really do something in the Gentile world? Guess what? He did. And Cornelius became an instrument of God to bring, would you say, the Gentile world? Yeah, it started with his own uh, household, but it didn't stop with that. It did not stop there, and that is the power of the gospel. Okay, Nathan, we're to share it, the response, the Holy Spirit, and that individual. It's kind of, I hate to say this, it's in their ball court, isn't it? It is, it is, And uh, but knowing ahead of time that these are the general responses that we can probably anticipate, Hopefully, it does for me. Hopefully, it helps each of us uh, be less afraid to share that good news of Jesus. Um, And let's pray, you know, Lord, send us more people of peace. Um, And, you know, if if I don't run into anybody uh, that's a person of peace, um, maybe I'm not sharing the gospel enough. Or maybe God wants to make you a person of peace and use your influence to see the gospel spread through you. This has been Exploring Missions. We pray that it's ministered to you 
and equipped you to be able to be that person that shares the good news of Jesus Christ. Again, thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and you stay on mission for God. 